We're so grateful for the many, many ways you bless us, you take care of us. One of them is through the scriptures. Uh, Lord, you show us who you are and, and what you desire and who we are. And so open up our hearts and our minds as we look at the scriptures this morning. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah and amen. All right, so for the last several weeks now, uh, we have been uh, meandering together through Matthew chapter 18, learning how to love others well. And I just got to tell you, there are very few things right now you can be doing, very few things you can spend your time on more important than learning how to love others well. In John chapter 13, Jesus said, the world would know you are his disciples based on how well you love one another. Jesus and the Apostle Paul said the entire law of God, indeed the entire Old Testament, can be summed up in two commands, love God and love people. So there really is not much you could be doing right now more important than learning to love others well. And that is especially true given the fact that so very few people in the world today have the foggiest idea what real love really looks like and how it really works. How fierce and tenacious and Christ-centered real love really is. And frankly, how honest and forthright and brave and communicative you have to be in order to love other people well. Now, so far we've learned that when you love others well, you will call them on their stuff. When you love others well, you'll protect them from sin and try to lead them away from sin. And i got to tell you, the world really gets that one mixed up and turned on its ear. Today, the world basically says to you that if you're going to love people, you have to encourage them and strengthen them in their sin. You have to make it easy for them to sin, and you have to make sure they never feel bad about their sin, and they never feel guilty about their sin. It's the exact opposite of what Jesus says about love and how to love people with regard to sin. Last week, Pastor Matt said, when you love people well, you will go to them when they sin against you. If their words or their actions cause real harm or real pain or real loss of some kind, when you love them well, you'll go to them one-on-one. And talk to them graciously about it. This morning I want to back up just a couple of verses from where Pastor Matt was last week and share a passage out of Matthew 18. And I'm going to do my very best to apply it very directly to your life and my life right now. But just to get us kind of focused and moving, as you're able, would you stand with me please in honor of the Word of God? And we're going to read together Matthew chapter 18, verses 10 through 14. Matthew chapter 18, verses 10 through 14. If you're here with me in the church building, I'm going to read the plain text if you'll join me in reading the highlighted portions. If you're worshiping with us on our YouTube channel, just read the whole text as it shows up there on the screen for you. But Matthew chapter 18, beginning at verse 10, this is Jesus talking. This is what the Bible says. See that you do not look down on one of these little ones, for I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the ninety-nine on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he is happier about that one sheep than about the ninety-nine that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should be lost. Praise the Lord, this is the word of the Lord, and 
You may be seated. Now, throughout this chapter, throughout Matthew chapter 18, Jesus is teaching how to love people well. And you might remember the very beginning of this teaching, he called a little child over and set them right in the middle of their group. He used the child as an example of humility in calling his disciples to humility. He used the child as an example of innocence in calling his disciples to protect people from sin. And in the passage we're going to look at this morning, he uses the child as an example of seeming insignificance as he calls his disciples to recognize the real significance of every single person in the world. Now, it might help you to know that in Jesus' day, children were not thought of highly. The truth is, they were often not thought of at all. In in Jesus' day, for example, when it came time for the family meal, children received their food last, not first. So this child was a perfect example of seeming insignificance, a perfect example of someone the disciples would very naturally, very typically pass by and ignore altogether. In fact, there was another time in the Bible when parents were bringing their children to Jesus, wanting him to touch him, touch them, wanting him to bless them. And the disciples were angry. They, they rebuked the parents. They tried to shoo the children away. But in this particular setting, Jesus begins this part of his teaching by telling his disciples, see that you do not look down on one of these little ones. Jesus taught emphatically that if you're going to love people well, You cannot look down on them. You can't look down on children. You can't look down on women. You can't look down on anybody else. You can't look down on old people or young people or poor people or rich people. You can't look down on black people or white people, Jewish people or Muslim people. You can't look down on drunks or prostitutes or lost people. You cannot really love people well. At the same time, you're despising them. And I know in this case, Jesus Jesus wasn't just talking about children because he goes on in the very same thought to share the parable of the lost sheep. Jesus was not simply saying, don't look down on children. He was saying, don't look down on anybody, especially not the people you're inclined to look down on, especially not the people you're inclined to think are somehow less or lower than you. The Greek word Jesus uses here in the text is the word micron. It's the same word he uses in this week's gospel lesson when he talks about giving a cup of cold water to these little ones, these micron in my name. In that particular text, he's talking about helping someone, blessing someone who you feel like is less than you or lower than you or needier than you. Blessing someone or helping someone smaller than you or younger than you or poorer than you or less educated than you. Jesus says, see to it. Make a point not to look down on others because you cannot love others well if you're looking down on them. And then he goes on in the text to expound on the value of every single person. First, He points out that people, however small or seemingly insignificant, people are cared for by God and by His holy angels. 
see that you do not look down on one of these little ones, Jesus says. For I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. Now, some people have taken this particular verse to uh, suggest that every person in the world has a guardian angel assigned to them, a particular angel assigned to each particular person to kind of follow you around and watch over you, sort of like a heavenly nanny. But i got to tell you, that is pressing the text too far. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14 says that all angels are ministering spirits sent by God at His direction to serve Him by blessing and taking care of His children. But to suggest that every person in the world has a particular angel assigned just to them is a conclusion not required by this text and frankly not supported anywhere else in the entire Bible. Jesus' point here is not to establish a doctrine about guardian angels, but rather to establish the fact that God pays attention to people you and I might tend to overlook. You may look down on these little ones, Jesus says, but God and his angels do not. The second way in the text, Jesus reveals the value of every person in the world is through the parable of the lost sheep. What do you think, Jesus asks? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go look for the one that wandered off? And the point here Jesus is making is very simple, very clear. His point is every single sheep matters. Not just the big ones. Not just the pretty ones. In Jesus' parable, it's not the prized sheep that wanders off. It's not the grand one. It's not the expensive one. It's just one. The guy has a hundred sheep, and one of them wanders away. But because all the sheep matter to him, he leaves the other ones behind and trucks off after the one that's missing. Now I want to pause right here and try to apply this passage to where you live because to be perfectly honest, I rather suspect it's been a while since you've seen a herd of sheep in Charlotte. So what we're talking about here is learning to love others well. And specifically we're talking about the fact that real love pursues. So let me try to apply this for you. First, please do not miss the connection between the fact that pursuing people in love begins with not despising them. See to it, Jesus says, that you do not despise, that you do not look down on the people you are tempted to look down on. Because if you're looking down on them, if you're put out with them, if you're put out with their tendency to wander, or if you just simply don't even recognize their value, you will not likely be moved to truck off after them when they need you to. As people who've been called to be witness for, witnesses for Jesus, and look at me, you are called to be a witness for Jesus. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, according to Acts 1.8, He sent the Holy Spirit to give you power to be witnesses for Him in the world. You're called to be witnesses for Jesus. You're commissioned to make disciples for Jesus. And as a people called to be witnesses for Jesus, called to make disciples for, of Jesus, 
Some of the people you're supposed to pursue are people presently far from God. People who don't know God, people who don't love God, and people who regularly act like they don't know and love God. Jesus said he came to seek and to save the lost, but now that he's back in heaven, he expects you and me to carry on that work. Because kingdom love pursues lost people. It seeks in order to save. Real love for Jesus pursues the things that matter to Jesus. And real love for lost people pursues people who are lost. It leaves the 90 and the 9 and trucks off after the missing one. It leaves the comfort of this room. Whether those of you in here is the comfort of the Center for New Life, or if you're joining us, participating from home, it's the comfort of your den or your living room or your dining room, wherever you are, it, real love leaves the comfort of this room and goes out there to pursue the lost. And with that thought in mind, I want to ask you two questions. First, when was the last time you tried to have a real, deep, meaningful, connective conversation with a lost person? Not to try to convince them about something, not to argue politics, please, but to really genuinely try to connect with them, to listen to them, find out where they're coming from, what's on their heart, what matters to them, what, what, what are their stories, what do they need, to really connect with them on their level. As someone who matters to you, as someone you care about, when's the last time you tried to have a deep, meaningful conversation with a lost person, number one? And number two, when's the last time you looked down on a, long per a lost person? Maybe you saw something on the news, you read something someone said, you despised it, and honestly, you despised them for it. You looked down on them in your heart. Maybe you said it out loud, maybe you didn't. Maybe it was a Hollywood type who did or said something outrageous. Maybe it was some political figure. Maybe it was some sports figure. Maybe it was one of those looters you saw on television. Whoever it was, it was a lost person acting like a lost person. And you look down on them for it. The point of these two questions is simple. It's to get you to stop and consider how much are you pursuing the lost versus how much are you looking down on them? Because as I said earlier, it's hard to love someone well. At the same time, you're despising them. And you're not at all likely to pursue the lost while you're looking down on them for being lost. I honestly believe one of the fundamental reasons there's so little evangelism in the church today is because there's so much judgmentalism in the church today. Too many Christians despising sinners, looking down on them for their sin, instead of really loving them and pursuing them in the name of Jesus. Jesus looked at the lost all around him, and if anybody ever had a right to look down on people, if anybody ever had the grounds to look at someone and say, I am better than them, and look down on them, if anybody ever had grounds for that, it was the perfect Lord Jesus. 
But Jesus looked at the people all around him. He looked at their brokenness. He looked at their sin, and he saw them as sheep without a shepherd. He looked at their brokenness, and he looked at their sin, and he loved them well, commending his love for them in this. While they were still sinners, he died for them. This principle of loving well also applies to other Christians because kingdom love also pursues saved people. Have you ever had somebody in your life, maybe it was a family member, maybe it was a friend, maybe it was somebody in church, someone who professed to love Jesus, but the honest to goodness truth is they were a real massive pain in the posterior. Have you ever known somebody like that? who got mad and kind of stormed off for some reason. They got mad and quit coming around, or they got hurt and quit coming around, or they just got wrapped up in something else and kind of just sort of quit coming around. Have you ever gone through something like that and honestly, simply, happily let them? Maybe you even said out loud something like, good riddance. Or I thought they'd never leave. You didn't love them well enough to pursue them because the truth is you were tired of them. The truth is you'd begun to look down on them with all their problems and all their baggage and all that pain in the posterior we talked about. Because of that and your lack of love, you never really pursued them. Anybody here ever done that? I have. To be honest, when that sort of thing happens, your lack of love honestly likely began to show up long, long, long before that moment. When the person would act out and you didn't love them enough to sit them down and call them on it. When they would begin to manifest their brokenness or manifest their sin or manifest that whole pain in the posterior thing and you didn't love them enough to sit them down and graciously address it with them. So over time, you got tireder and tireder of the drama. They kept doing things that bothered you, and you kept refusing to love them enough to talk with them about it. So over time, you started to look down on them. You maybe started to talk about them behind their back or complain about them to other people. And finally, when they stormed off or just kind of sort of drifted away, you didn't love them well enough to pursue them call them back. In teaching his disciples how to love well, Jesus said, see to it. See that you do not look down, that you do not despise one of these little ones. God doesn't. He has angels watching over them. And because he loves them, if they're lost or if they wander, he pursues them in love. Guys, this world is a mess, but it does not need your scorn. It doesn't need your judgment. It needs your love. It needs your help. It needs you to pursue it in the name of Jesus. To see people like God sees them, to love people like God loves them, and to pursue people like Jesus pursues people.
you can look at this broken, sinful world. You can look at broken, sinful people, and you can wag your finger or you can wag your tongue. Or you can learn to love them well. You can pursue them like God pursues them. You can pursue them with the love of God. Maybe they're people you don't know. You see them on the news and you want to despise them, but you know they need you. You can pursue them in prayer. Or you can talk about them and tweet about them. You can pursue them with the love of God, even though they don't deserve it, any more than you do, or any more than I do. As we walk through Matthew 18 together as the people of God, the question is, will we grow up and learn to love people well? Or will we react like everybody else? Let's pray. Father, as always, we are grateful for the power and the clarity of your word. You are so good to tell us the truth because you love us. And you're so gracious to forgive us when we blow it and to call us back up and forgive us when we blow it and call us back up. Because you receive us because of Jesus, not because we get it right. Because Jesus got it right. And so you're patient with us and you're gracious with us and we are so grateful. Lord, help us learn to love people well. And may we make a difference in this world because we do. In Jesus' name, amen.